Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. So glad that you've chosen to join us today. Wherever you are around the country, this comes to you live from the studios here at Grace FM in Aurora, Colorado. And I have the privilege of pastoring the church here. Uh, We have Grace FM as a radio station outreach that comes from our church, just like the station you're listening to right now is a church-owned outreach. Uh, And that's what makes it so special because it's it's overseen like a ministry to the community that you live in. That's the heart of putting these Bible studies and music and call-in show on the air to, to ministry to you. And so we want to say right at the outset, thank you for telling people about the station. You're the number one way that we communicate. Uh, that is the the way that people learn about the station. And thank you for your prayer. I get emails all the time of you praying for us, praying for the show, praying for the station, whatever station you might be listening to. And then the last thing, I just want to thank you for supporting Christian Radio, not the big music stations. Uh, They have more than they need. Uh, But these stations that air Bible studies are church-owned, and I would encourage you to support the station you are listening to right now. If you're listening on Grace FM, go to gracefm.com and support us. If you're listening by Radio by Grace, visit the Radio by Grace website, Hope FM, Truth FM, Radio, um, Higher Rock Radio, support um your your resources mean the world they really are you know when you give to a big station like Caleb they are a multi hundreds of millions of dollar station uh, they are profitable i mean that's how they run it uh these these stations were run by local churches so i say go for it jump in support we're here at Grace M, Grace FM for you guys all throughout Colorado listening on the app, we have a Grace FM uh, Grace Partner page and a special swag for those of you that jump in with a regular donation. So you should visit it, gracefm.com. Give me a call, 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000 is the number. Another thing for you guys here on the Grace FM radio network is Kevin uh, loves to go. He's probably booked out for many months now, but... He loves to go with the Grace FM van, which actually is broke right now because someone stole our catalytic converter. Um, But that's a different story, isn't it? Like the warfare surrounding Christian radio. Uh, But he finds a way. So I don't know if he stacks it in his car or I know we're getting another van wrapped um, that we're going to use for Grace FM. Um, But then it's hard to. Uh, you know, I'm just talking out loud here because then it's hard to buy another van for the kids, which we also want to do, and that's ordered out many months in advance. It's just, it's it's a it's a challenging season in more than one way. 
Um, but Kevin will go out. We have, we give out free T-shirts uh, if you can win rock, paper, scissors, I think, or just get a free T-shirt so you can wear it. Um, and uh, when you wear them, communicates our station throughout Colorado. And I'm sure Radio by Grace, my these are these other station networks are my friends, uh, and so I know that they have a heart for their community, uh, they have a heart to reach, and they have a need. So just go for it. Let the Lord use you greatly. But if you're in Colorado, you want Kevin to come out to your church, uh, talk to your leadership, and call us, and we'd love to have uh, the Grace FM team come out and bless you guys at a service uh, or at an event. And uh, Kevin can take care of that for you. All right, 303-690-3000 is the number. 303-690-3000. Text me, 720-336-0897. Start out here in Colorado. Jerry in Fort Collins. Welcome to the program. Thank you. Uh, My question is is that uh, I was talking to you with my sister about uh, what happens when we die where our soul goes. Mm -hmm. And then uh, my niece uh, is understanding that well, I'm, I'm going to see my, my dog in heaven. I go, I don't believe uh, you're probably going to wind up seeing that, but because I believe, I thought I, uh, I heard that, that uh, God did not issue a soul to animals. So I just wanted to kind of like clarify that if I can. Yeah, you know, animals are definitely in a different class of creation. Uh, you were right, and they have a different existence. You're right. Uh, you could also add to that that the story of redemption c- centers around one class of creation. That's human beings. Uh, I would not only say one class, but the highest class of creation are human beings. We're the um, we're the crown jewel of God's creation. Uh, and when it comes to pets, because we get so attached to our pets, because we uh, enjoy them and love them and experience life with them. Um, there are those that fall into that category and desperately want their pets to be in heaven. Um, it's interesting. The Bible doesn't say uh, that pets will be in heaven. However, we do know that there are utilitarian animals in heaven uh, that also could be used with pets, right? Because we know that horses are still a part of the eternal state in some way. Um, we know that God created uh, animals and called them good prior to the fall. Um, however, heaven uh, doesn't, the Bible doesn't seem to indicate that pets will be in heaven. Um, that's where I fall biblically. Yeah, but that pretty much explains it. Yeah. I think that, you know, I think there's also going to be animals in the millennial period. Um, we have that described in Isaiah. Um, so in some way, There'll be animals for enjoyment in some way, but I just think here, here's the here's the issue with this particular line of thinking um, because it's speculative uh, and you know Bible doesn't really answer. But here's the thing: we think this, this part of this th- line of thinking is we are imagining heaven with our limited understanding today. So what we imagine heaven is that whatever we have today, we'll just take it with us and it'll be better or it will await us in heaven. And I'm, I'm certain that that will be a piece of our eternal existence. But I'm also equally or even more so certain that the eternal existence will blow this one out of the water. Uh, it, it will, we will have new minds, new bodies, new ways of thinking, new knowledge. 
We'll have a new way of worshiping Jesus where it's unclouded by sin, unclouded by like like need. Um, and so there's a piece of our thinking when it comes to this question that just is limited by who we are today. And I think our existence in eternity is going to be much greater than we could even imagine. Great. I appreciate it. Okay, brother. Thanks for calling. All right. Have a good day. Okay. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000. is the number. Taking your calls and your questions. Uh, where are we going? We're staying in Colorado. Tom, welcome to the program. Yeah. How you doing? Good. How are you? I'm great. Hey, uh, my question is, how do you ask the, the Holy Spirit to guide you in prayer? Uh, you talk to him directly, just like you would the Father or the Son, and ask him to guide you in prayer. Okay. And, uh, and I know that the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit are all one. Yes. You can say, I, Spirit, help me in these prayers. Uh, and you could even, you know, one thing I like to do is I like to pray through the Bible. Uh, and and I, I want to say it's in Romans. Um let me see. Uh, the Spirit helps us in Romans. Uh, let me find it for you. Uh, but yeah, you can talk directly to him just, just like that. And it's uh, Romans 8.26. And you can just pray over this. You could say, God, uh, Father, I, just like your word says, I, I hold to this promise. You tell me that your Holy Spirit will help me in my weakness. And so I'm asking, Spirit, help me in my weakness. Uh, I don't know how to pray. I'm not sure what to pray for. But your word says that this Holy Spirit, and I know you dwell in me, Holy Spirit. I know that you are a part of my life, that you lead and guide me. Your word says that the Spirit will make intercession for me. And so I'm asking for that intercession. Uh, I'm asking for you to search my heart and my mind and to pray on my behalf and to lead me in prayer. And you could just take a passage of Scripture and pray through it. Let it be your words. All right. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Okay. God bless you. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. But you, yes, you can address the Holy Spirit directly uh, as God himself, because he is. Uh, and and then what aids me, you know, what I like doing personally is praying through a scripture, reading it like I just did here, reading it, applying it, reading it, applying it. And I like, uh, even in our Wednesday night prayer times we do as a church, uh, and I, I love to to pray with an open Bible. Uh, and, and then the, those that lead us in prayer will, will often give us a, um, will give us a scripture that's attached to the prayer request. And then we can read through that scripture, let it inspire our thoughts. Let us be in unity. Anytime we read the Bible, we're in unity with God. And, um, that's a great way to pray. Okay, let's go to Arkansas now. Arkansas, Joanne, welcome to the program. Hi, um, I'd like to have a prayer request for Pastor Greg, who lost his, his sister, Kim, um, to cancer just recently, just oh, no. two days ago, um, and also to the daughter of Kim, uh, Brittany. Um, he's yeah. out in Colorado right now, actually. So oh. if we could do that, I'd appreciate it for the and whole family. Could you repeat his name again? Pastor Greg. Bears. Greg. Okay. Yeah. 
Father, I pray for Pastor Greg uh, and just the great grief he has out here in Colorado, um, grieving the loss of his sister. And we pray, God, for Brittany. And Lord, grief is such a very gift that you've given to us to process our emotions uh, after loss. And at the same time, Lord, it's very hard to experience and very challenging to live through. So I pray for Greg right now, God, that you would have your way in his life, strengthening and encouraging in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. I do appreciate it. You're welcome. Bye-bye. You have a blessed day. Bye-bye. Thanks. 303-690-3000 is the number. 303-690-3000 is the number. Taking your calls and your questions, go ahead and text me. Uh, The text line is always open. When the show's not on, we take that text line and we use it for prayer requests. So if you need prayer or you want prayer, we would love to stand with you uh, asking God to uh, answer your request according to his will. Uh, And so we use it. So if you ever hear it um, or if you ever need prayer, like you're just out there and you're going through a crisis, you can text your prayer request right to that number and... We will copy it and send it off to our prayer team uh, here at Calvary. And we pray through those. I just sent a batch this morning uh, through to our team. So give me a call. It's 303-690-3000 or text me directly. 720-336-0897. Hey, so I was teaching through the book of Genesis yesterday. Uh, we have a midweek Bible study here on Wednesdays and it's a beautiful time in a large church like ours. We're looking for those times where we can experience the book of Acts on a smaller scale. And Wednesdays is one of those times where, you know, just a few hundred will come out on a Wednesday night uh, to pray together. And so we break up in groups and pray. We sing together, uh, which is always a part of the church's uh, activity. Uh, We study the Bible together and then we have the opportunity to come early or late and hang out together. And it's it's always a beautiful thing uh, when, you know, we, we have to start telling people, I'm sorry, but, you know, everybody's got to go home. It's been a long Wednesday, uh, you know, long, long day for our team because we start early in the morning with our staff meeting and our pastors meeting and such. But I'm studying through uh, and teaching through the book of Genesis, and I taught through the genealogy in Genesis chapter 5 yesterday, And there is a hidden gem in that genealogy. If you want to know about that hidden gem, I want you to text me or email me and I will send you a link to a blog post I wrote on it uh, on my website and also attach the Bible study to that. So if you want to, it's a pretty neat hidden gem. I personally did not discover it myself. Uh, it, I first heard it many, many, many years ago as a new believer when a guest teacher was at our church. His name is Chuck Missler. Chuck Missler was teaching at our church, and he's the first one I ever heard teach this. And then last night I got to teach it myself to our church, and then I wrote on it. So if you want it, text me, 720-336-0897, or email me, ed at edtaylor.org, or call me, uh, or, but if you call me, I'd probably tell you to text me anyway. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand. Let's go 
to Denver, Colorado. We have Julio on the line. Julio, welcome to the program. Thank you. You're welcome. So, quick question. Um, I have some scriptures from the Bible, and this is actually John uh, 6, 53. It says, Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son, uh, of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats yes. my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. So I'm curious to know what you think about that or what's your interpretation sure. of it. Yeah, you know, I think one of the ways that we can help understand a, a challenging text like this is like to not only to when we're studying the Bible, you know, you have contextual. Uh, considerations you have cultural considerations we need to understand who said it who the audience was but one of the things I also like to do is if I was with Jesus just as a guy just listening to him what was he really telling me to do eat flesh and drink blood so there's a couple of options right to take this Um, a couple of main options one is did he literally mean to eat his body and did he stick out his arm and say, go ahead, guys, take a bite. Uh, and did he slit his wrists and say, here's a blood in my chalice. Go ahead and drink my blood in this chalice, which would be literal. Um, and the text doesn't indicate that. Uh, there's no recording of anyone ever doing that. Uh, there's nothing in the scriptures. As a matter of fact, it was a shocking statement because this is what the pagans were doing. The pagans were drinking blood in their ritualistic worshiping of their false gods. And and uh, I, I don't know, I can't recall, so I don't want to say it, uh, that also eating of human flesh was a part of the rituals. But it wouldn't be surprising if it was. Uh, and so, you know, for what Jesus is saying, I believe, is figurative, which is our second option. That he's using figurative language to get people's attention, especially the rabbis. Because this would be very offensive to the rabbis based upon the the Old Testament law. Uh, The Old Testament law forbid the eating of flesh, even animal flesh, filled with blood or to drink blood directly. And so the Jews, they're quarreling among themselves. They're upset. Jesus is saying something that's shocking their mind uh, and stirring them up, um, number one. And then number two, I believe what Jesus is doing here is using eating and drinking, which also had significant meaning in the early church, I mean, in the culture in which they were in, because it spoke of oneness. It spoke of unity, you know, eating together uh, at a table, eating of the same meal, you know, let's just say taking a piece of bread. Um, We don't, they didn't eat bread like we do today, where we have slices and you take a slice and he takes a slice. They had one loaf or a pe- or a matzah, you know, a cracker or a pita type bread. And then you would take a piece and pass it on. And then they would take a piece and pass it on. And so that everyone would take in that piece of, of bread, but they would also share in the same piece of bread. And and so what, what Jesus is talking about is just like you're taking food and drink within your body and it becomes part of you, I want you to receive me within you, your innermost part, so that I become a part of you and I give you life. So I think he's talking figuratively here to prove a, to to uh, drive home a couple of points in their life. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, according to the Bible, Jesus only spoke in parables to his disciples, and 
anybody he preached to. And I, com- I, I understand that. It's not <clears throat> figuratively. Um, so I'm going to pull up this other scripture from Matthew uh, 26, 26. While they were eating, Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body. Then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Thanks, Julio. God bless you, my brother. Uh, yeah, yeah, that... no, absolutely. Uh, you, I mean, do you see the connection there, or is this uh, something that is just... No, I, uh, I, I thought you were just closing the... I didn't know you had another question, I'm sorry. Uh, because they de- the the idea of communion, you know, as he says later on when he says, "Take, eat, this is my body," um, at the Last Supper with the disciples is definitely associating that commemoration of commitment yeah. of taking in. Absolutely. So I'm going to go back before they broke bread and drank wine on the first day of the festival of unleavened bread. The disciples came to Jesus and asked, "Where do you want us to make preparations?" for you to eat the Passover. So it was Passover. He replied into the city of a certain man and telling him, the teacher says, my appointed time is near. I'm going to celebrate the Passover with my disciples at your house. So the disciples did as Jesus had directed them and prepared the Passover. So he's not saying communion. He's specifically saying Passover. And what's your question? So... If this is his last ceremony that he did, why does anybody keep it? What is the last ceremony that he did? So, I mean, so I mean, as far as I know, Passover was kept on the same day that the Israelites were freed from Egypt, which is right. what they did to get freed from Egypt, is keep the Passover according to God's commandments. Well, so, that, so your real question is, why don't we keep the Passover? Uh, is that your real well, question? I, I wanted to get your opinion first without, you know, coming into an argument or any kind of... Uh, well, I'm just trying to clarify your question real quick because you took a long route to... It sounds like your question is, why don't Christians well, celebrate want, the Passover? I want the, the uh, audience to hear, you know, Scripture directly from the Bible, so... Sure. So I guess your question is, why don't Christians celebrate the Passover? And the answer is because Jesus Christ is our Passover. He has fulfilled the old covenant. He himself, by faith, is our fulfillment of the law of God. And so now our lives, by faith, fulfill all of those ceremonies. And you are free to participate in them, if you'd like. Um, It's certainly nothing wrong with that. But the Passover is not mandated upon new covenant believers. And so when you uh, walk yourself through of eating his flesh and drinking his blood, and then you take yourself through his the, the Passover meal that, I mean, to me, the last ceremony, he um, at the last ceremony, uh, the time of celebrating the Passover with his disciples, he gave instructions for the future. And he gave instructions for the future in how the Passover would be commemorative of 
his body and blood, ushering in the new covenant. And so in order to answer the question, um, it's important that you understand the distinction between the new covenant and the old covenant. And so for a new covenant believer to place mandates of the old covenant upon them would be would be incorrect. And they settled this, remember? Remember when they settled this in Acts chapter 15, when the early church came together and the issue wasn't thus Passover, but circumcision. Should we mandate circumcision on grown adult Gentiles that were saved? And is circumcision necessary, really, is a real question. Is circumcision, or even keeping the Passover in the same category of your question, necessary? Is it a prerequisite? Is it a post-requisite for salvation? And Acts chapter 15 settled that, but Jesus himself settled that. Um, and and so the 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 emphasis upon the communion table is the participation of Jesus. And so we are not mandated anywhere in the scriptures as new covenant believers to keep the Passover meal. As a matter of fact, communion is repetitive. It's, it's not even given how it's not even given to us how often to do it. If you just do it once a year, uh, but rather we're to take communion as often as we do it. Uh, and so the ceremony of a new covenant believer is very, very different. Um, but there's no mandate not to keep it. If you want to keep the Passover, I know every Easter um, we have uh, faithful brothers that lead a Seder dinner to show the pictures and types of Jesus Christ. But I can answer for myself, why don't I keep the Passover meal? Because it's not mandated for me to keep it. So great question. And I'm glad that you didn't call to argue because I wouldn't argue. Um, that's, we don't do that on this program. There are other programs that you can call to argue. This isn't one of them. 303-690-3000 is the number. 303-690-3000. Quite a few of you are texting in looking for the hidden gym. Uh, and it's pretty cool. Uh, for some of you, it may be, uh, new, but for some of you, it might be surprising. It's really cool. So keep texting me. I'm answering all the texts with the, with the link. Uh, you can text me looking for the hidden gem in Genesis 5, the hidden gem. It, you can text me 720-336-0897. It doesn't take me but seconds to respond back to you, and I'd love to do that. And then once you get there, uh, on my blog, I write a lot about um, everything, but, but basically in three categories, life, ministry, and grief. Um, and uh, it's unfortunate that I have added grief, but also fortunate in the same way that it's been able to help many, many, many people uh, around the world. And I get to um, express uh, what the Lord is doing in my life, and hopefully it will touch your life. And thank you guys, too. Um, there is a resource available, um, that I a book that I put together um, that I wrote uh, in collaboration with my assistant then, Cassandra. Uh, it's called Help for the Troubled Heart. It's a big project that we worked many years on grateful that we finally finished it. It's been published. I noticed that it's selling um, it's selling a lot on Amazon again. So thank you guys. I know it's the pick of the month right now in our radio broadcast and in our church, but um, I do. And we want to make May the, the month that you reach out to someone that's hurting. Um, I, I, I want to encourage you to do that. So if you need a copy of Help for the Troubled Heart, you can get it wherever you get books. Um, it's available on our website, calvaryco.store. We have our own store. 
Um, and I always like to say, if you cannot afford it, if you cannot afford it, you should email me directly uh, and we'll send you a copy. We'll make a way. Uh, that's what support does, right? Financial support helps to to help people that can't afford it. And so if you can't afford it, you can't purchase it where you get books or through our website, that's fine. Um, just just email me, ed at edtaylor.org, and we'll find a way to get it to you, okay? Because uh, we want you to be encouraged, and we want you to give it away as a gift. We want you to be built up in the faith. You hear the music coming up on the first and only break of the show. We'll be right back. This is Calvary Live, Pastor Ed Taylor. Text me. I'd love to send you the link on the hidden gym. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, welcome back everyone to today's program of Calvary Live. Grateful to join you today and we just got a special uh, offer to you. Uh, it's free. I was, I'm teaching in the book of Genesis and I taught last night in Genesis five and this, um, hidden gem is what I call it. Uh, in Genesis five, you know how you're reading through the Bible and you just kind of skip over genealogies and don't pay much attention to them. Um, because the names are hard, not because you're a bad believer or anything, just because your names are hard and, and you're like, what's the significance of a gene- genealogy? But uh, the, the reality of, of this hidden gem uh, is, is, is found in Genesis 5. I first heard it from a brother named Chuck Missler, uh, so I didn't make it up, uh, but I got to teach it last night, which is always exciting. got to introduce it to our church. If you want it, Email or text me right now, 720-336-0897. I will respond to that with the link because I, I wrote up a little something on it and then put the Bible study there for the whole study. Uh, but, you know, dozens and dozens of people are texting me. So keep them coming. I'll answer every single one of them. 303-690-3000 is the number. If you want to be on the program with us today, 303-690-3000. Or if you have a text, you want to, you want the hidden gem, I will send it to you, or um, you have a question or a prayer request, you can use that number as well. Um, but give me a call. 303-690-3000 is the number. And how exciting. You know, it's kind of a little exciting thing when you're studying the scriptures and that God gives you uh, this insight. And, you know, the rabbis used to teach that the scriptures had many, many layers so that as you were studying the scriptures, you would learn something to go a little bit deeper. Learn something, go a little bit deeper. Learn something, go a little bit deeper. And for those of you guys that know Chuck Missler, uh, he has gone home to be with the Lord now. But man, he was a genius of a man. Like he probably had the, the intelligence of a million men. Uh, and and I remember it. it. I was studying Genesis 5 and it, re- it reminded me going back to my new believer days. Uh, at Calvary Chapel in Downey, California, uh, and he was a guest, and this was one of the things he shared, and it blew my mind how God would put this in the text. And so you read the text, but then 
as you look at the names in the genealogy and put them together, there is a little beautiful gem waiting to be mined. And I hope even just thinking about it, listening to you, listening to this, that it would stir you up for Bible study um, and that you would learn how to study the Bible. Let me give you a recommendation on a book to study the Bible. Uh, and that would be How to Study the Bible and Enjoy It by Skip Heitzig. How to Study the Bible and Enjoy It. It's the best introductory volume on how to study the Bible out there. Uh, and it, it takes you through the basics of inductive Bible study methods, something that we have all been trained in at Calvary Chapel and uh, the, the technique that we use. And you may be surprised, you probably in some ways may already read the Bible this way. Um, and it may already be something that uh, you already observe the text, you interpret the text, and then you apply the text. But I want to encourage you in these last days to be men and women of the Bible, because the more you know the Bible, the more usable you will be uh, to the people in your life, to your kids, to your spouse, to your coworkers. Um, we need to be men and women of the word. One of the great lacks today around the country is a lack of the solid, systematic Bible teaching in the pulpit. Um, there's a lot of opinions in the pulpit. I mean, there are a lot of sermon series in the pulpit. There's, you know, guys, oh, hey, look at these are the most popular movies. Let's find the gospel in the movie. Uh, no, let's not find the gospel in the movie. How about we just study the Bible? Um, we got people for, pastor, listen, listen to me, pastor. We have people in our congregations for an hour, or we get 45 minutes to teach them something. Let's not teach them the most famous movie of the day. Let's teach them the Bible, and let's the, let, let the Holy Spirit use the Bible in people's lives, even though we don't know. And you go, well, oh, but Ed, if I do that, my church won't grow. What are you talking about? Who cares if your church grows? You're being faithful to God. Or if I do that, uh, people will get bored. Well, you know what? Uh, we have to train people not to get bored. Or maybe sometimes if somebody are bored at my teaching, maybe it's my fault. And I don't mean for you. I'm just speaking Ed Taylor. Maybe I need to learn how to be more captive or I need to learn how to connect or I need to learn how to yield myself to the Holy Spirit. But even then, uh, let's be faithful. Um, let's be faithful to give people the word of God, uh, verse by verse, chapter by chapter. And that's one of the, it's one of the uh, hallmarks of the Calvary Chapel family of churches. And the station you're listening to right now is owned by a Calvary Chapel. So whether you're on Grace FM I mean, really, it's owned by the Lord, but a church runs it. So Grace FM Radio Network here in Colorado, Wyoming, parts of Nebraska. Uh, Grace FM, or excuse me, Radio by Grace Network, originating in Amarillo, Texas, um, but airing in multiple stations around the country. The Higher Rock Radio in Boise, Idaho, also Calvary Chapel. Truth FM, Calvary Chapel. My friend, Pastor Bill in Marlton, uh, New Jersey. The Hope FM Radio Network. Um, we're Calvary chapels where we've been taught to teach the Bible, uh, and verse by verse. And I would just encourage you, uh, to be in a church. Uh, it doesn't have to be a Calvary chapel because not Calvary chapel is not for everyone. I understand that, but find another good, solid Bible teaching church, not a church that dabbles in the Bible, um, but a church that teaches from the Bible verse by verse. And that's how, you know, we had Julio call earlier and he's jumping from verse to verse to verse, um, we have to take all those verses in context, right? Because if you jump verse, 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 and then you go, well, now what? 
Well, what do you mean now what? I answer one verse, I answer another verse, and then the real question is, why don't we keep the Passover? Well, it has nothing to do with any of those verses. Um, the why, won't, why we don't keep the Passover um, is found for us in the essence of the new covenant. Remember, Jesus said he didn't come to sew up a piece of an old garment. Um, he said that new wine needs to be poured into new wineskins. So the new com- covenant takes the place of the old covenant. And the old covenant mandated these things. The new covenant does not. The new covenant, you're saved by grace through faith. It's a gift of God. Not of, Ephesians 2, 8, 9, and 10, of works. So that mandating of keeping the feasts is not required. Uh, if you want to, great. So, you know, you don't want to go through them verse, verse, and verse, and before you know it, you got a question that has nothing to do really with those verses. You want to know the verses in context. You want to know the historical, grammatical history behind them. Uh, you want to be able to say, well, wait a minute. Um, if you take that and you take that and you take that and you put them all together, um, you can make up whatever you want to make up. But what's the real essence in learning how to handle um, the scriptures? Super good. 303-690-3000. Here's a text that came through. What's a good chronological Bible? Um, well, I I have started uh, reading the chronological Bible of the NLT. It's I, I let me let me see if I can find the title of it. It is the chronicle chronological Bible of the NLT. And what they did, and I think that's what you're asking, is they put the Bible books in chronological order. Uh, and so as you're reading through, uh, you're reading through the a time the Bible's arranged by chronology not necessarily the way they're put into uh the way they're put into uh and it's not in that bible thing so let me I'm sorry I'm looking I'm I am searching my library at the same time so it's called the one year chronological bible it's put out by Tyndale uh and and it starts so uh well and now it won't open so I probably Ay, ay, ay. I want to open it for you because I want it's I haven't used it in a while because I'm reading through the Bible a different way. Um, but it starts out and it, instead of going through Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, it's going to take you through chronologically from Genesis one and then put each of the books in chronolo- time order as they occurred, not time order as they were written. Uh, so. I would suggest to you, and it also in a different uh, version, a reliable version, but a different version that'll cause you to read the Bible with fr- with fresh eyes. So it's called One Year Chronological Bible by Tyndale, and it's the NLT version. Uh, and I've done, I've read through it twice now, and and I really like it. Um, I really like it, and that's the one I would suggest to you. I'll keep this. Um, I'll keep this text and I'll answer it after the program. I'll send you a link uh, in case you missed it. 303-690-3000. Again, if you want to text me, 720-336-0897, I want to send you an article on the hidden gem that's found in Genesis 5 that might stir you to more Bible study, that might cause you to go deeper into the things of God. uh, And I know that it will uh, encourage you. Kevin just sent me a note that says the Blue Letter Bible, the app or blueletterbible.org, which is a free resource, uh, has a chronological Bible plan. 
So it's not quite the Bible, but I, I bet you you version does too, uh, where you can go through and they'll set up the plan for you uh, that you can read it if you if you do read the Bible on your um, on your device. So like January uh, in this, so fi- it finally loaded. Uh, January is you know Genesis one two three Genesis four five First Chronicles one, then Genesis six, and so it mixes First Chronicles in. Uh, in in the beginning on on this and then it has uh, let's see here let me just jump let's say January sixteenth uh, is all Genesis then then January eighteenth you finish Genesis then on January nineteenth you start Job the time frame of Job uh, and so very interesting in how it all lines up um, also our Grace FM. Um, app has an audio Bible, and we've integrated version into our apps. Uh, if you want the Bible being read to you, that's how my wife does it. I'm always encouraged when um, I know that she's awake because I hear the Bible being read from her phone, uh, and she's very faithful with it. And it's just so neat to have the Bible uh, filling our home as Marie's doing her devos, uh, getting ready for the day or whatever she's doing. So give me a call, 303-690-3000. If you want me to send you the link, to the hidden gym, I'd love to do it. Just just text me, uh, and I'm sure if you read it, you go, man, I've never seen that before. Or you might say, oh, I've heard that before. Great. Either way, use it as a tool. Use it as a tool to reach out to somebody. Uh, you know, hey, have you read this yet? Or did you know this was in Genesis five? Or um, it's amazing how the Hebrew, the the Hebrews placed great emphasis on the on the definition of names of and how they named their children. And God put that into their hearts to do that. Uh, and and so uh, as you see it, Chuck Missler, you know, brother that I've learned from many years, he used to be on the radio. I'm not sure if he's on the radio anymore because he's gone home to be with the Lord. But he's just one of those guys that would go deeper, 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 deeper. And I didn't make this up. I didn't create it. Um, but I get to teach it um, to... I got to teach it last night to our church, and so exciting! It's just kind of neat. I was like, I was excited about it, so I ended up writing an article on it, so it could be on my on my website. And while you're there on my website, uh, I am uh, I write on it regularly, and I write on it uh, three things. Pa- my passion is ministry. I love to equip and to train and to help. That's why I have a podcast called Lead to Serve. I love to talk about leadership. I mean, to me, yesterday was such a blessing here at Calvary, because Pastor Ian, our worship leader, who's been with us for over 15 years, he did our pastor discipleship yesterday, uh, and and it was just so amazing. I was so blessed to sit and receive from my brother uh, as he was talking to us as pastors on how to on a matrix of discipling and what it looks like, how we can help people grow in the faith, um, and and uh, he had learned he had just learned it. And it was it was newer information for him, and so when he was sharing with me, I'm like, "Oh, dude, you need to share that with us." Um, that was so edifying and encouraging, uh, and so I just know that there is a lot for us to grow in, uh, and I love to learn about leadership, so I, re- I write on that and I po- podcast on that, and then I also write on general things about Christian life, and then for the last nine years, I've been writing on grief, and I. I've got a couple of articles coming soon here on the topic of grief, but you can just keyword search it on on a, on my blog if grief is a big deal for you. Uh, it's a big part of your life. What I'm what I mean, I want to uh, what I want 
I'm going to be careful there, big deal. What I mean by that is if it is the big deal in your life, um, not that it wouldn't be, of course it would, um, but if it is where you are right now. You know, like today I was I received a, uh, a sister in our church recently lost her husband, and I, and she was reaching out to me a couple of weeks ago to pray, and I was just checking in on her today, and, you know, it was some good days. She shared it was a good day. And, uh, you know, there are good days and bad days. And uh, one of the articles on grief that is on my website is what not to say to a grieving person. You know how sometimes you just feel so awkward and you don't know what to say? Um, uh, you want to be careful. For example, after my son passed away, I took some time off and, you know, just I came back to church uh, to serve and to be faithful. And uh, people were expressing their condolences and expressing their grief and this happened on more than one occasion but I remember uh, where a sister came up and and she was expressing um, you know her condolences for my family which I appreciate and and then she said something like this um, I know how just how you feel Pastor Ed because my dog died last week and that's not what you say to a grieving person he's just while I do recognize that losing a pet is a very significant pain point and it does bring upon grief because any loss does, you just don't say that to someone that lost a loved one. It's not the same. And another thing that you want to stay away from, so I answer that. Uh, another one you want to stay away from is, I know exactly how you feel. No, you actually don't know exactly how I feel. And I don't know exactly how you feel. And so saying that kind of belittles the current pain that someone's in because the person, and here's the secret, you know, those that are grieving, here's a big secret. I mean, it's not a secret, but here's a big revelation, right? I don't at least know exactly how I'm feeling. <laughs> so I, I don't know what a day's going to bring. I don't know what, what I'm going to wake up to, what warfare is going to come on my mind. And, and so I wrote an article, don't say this, but say this. Um, that's on our, on my website. Uh, so today I'm just sending the link on the hidden gem. I mean, dozens and dozens of people have sent, um, and I've answered them all so far. So we're all caught up. Uh, just text me today, 720-336-0897. I'll, I'll respond to that with a link that you'll go right to the website. Uh, and then just bookmark that website. I use it a lot to communicate all sorts of things uh, that the Holy Spirit uses here out of the ministry here at Calvary Church. Uh, and I just appreciate the relationships we get to have with you all around the country. 303-690-3000 is the number. 303-690-3000 is the number. Or you can text me your question or prayer request, 720-336-0897. I taught through Genesis 5 last night. And in the genealogy, usually a chapter that we will skip, is found a hidden gem. And in that uh, hidden gem. I want to share it with you. And so uh, just text me and I will send you the link to the article. Or you can, if you can't text because you're driving or whatever, uh, you can go to edtaylor.org, edtaylor.org. And it's right there. On It's one of the, our first articles that will pop up. Uh, and it is uh, a neat little find uh, in the scriptures and pretty cool. 303-690-3000 is the number. And so I'm just looking on our website too for the 
uh, NLT Chronological Bible, and we have one in stock uh, at our church website, calvaryco.store. I'm going to send this person the link to that. Uh, but our, our store, it's not exhaustive in our church, but it's like a discipleship. Uh, it's a discipleship-based bookstore. Uh, it's not like the bigger bookstores. We just have resources. We just want to resource you. Um, we want to give you the resources that will help you grow as a believer in Christ. We even have a, um, a resource list um, that we use to, uh, we call it a discipleship reading list. Uh, and if you've, you know, looking for resources, like what should I buy? The reason I created it is because as a new believer, I bought so many books that were just junk, uh, and didn't help me. And I'm like, I don't want that to happen to anyone else. Um, and so, um, I think that if you're looking for that, maybe I'll have that as a text in another program. 303-690-3000. Here's a great question. Uh, what does it look like to seek first the kingdom of God? And that's a great question. I, I think, first of all, it's probably going to look differently for different people. But let's back up a second and say, what, is it, what does it look like to seek first your career? What does it look like to seek first your hobby? What does it look like to seek first becoming a millionaire? And as you back up on that question, you're like, okay, I, I kind of understand where we're going here because what it means to seek first is that you're consumed with it. It's a seeking first, that phrase is a word of priority so that the kingdom of God, and, and think of the kingdom of God as not a place, it's not a principle, it is a relationship. If you're seeking first the kingdom of God, then you're understanding the king at the same time understanding that you're submitted to the king. And so I'll give you a real easy one. One of the ways that you can seek first the kingdom of God is begin to apply Acts chapter 2, verse 42. Start living that out. Continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. Read your Bible every day. In prayer, pray every day. In fellowship. Make sure that you're with other believers, serving one another, taking of the elements of communion, breaking bread together. Acts 2.42 is a good beginning. But if you were just, if you just want something right now today, start reading your Bible and praying every day, every single day. Read and pray, read and pray. Uh, and I know God will honor that uh, in your life. But again, let's take it, let's take it a little bit deeper. You know, if you were chasing after a million bucks, you would say yes to some things and no to other things. Um, you would study hard to learn money and the money system. Uh, you would learn from your mistakes. Um, you know, there's a lot of different things of what that would mean uh, that would be available to you. But truly, it means that Jesus Christ becomes the priority of your life and that you consult him and you look to him and you submit to him and you obey him in your life. And you just, if you want, you can just start. Um, you would just start by reading your Bible and praying every day. I know it sounds simple. It sounds like that would, it would require something far more uh, challenging and difficult, but it, it, it isn't. It's not as challenging um, as it might sound. Let's go to uh, Jesse in Colorado. Jesse, welcome to the program. 
Hi. Um, so today um, at my high school, uh, we had a walkout um, for all the abortion stuff that's going on. Okay. And I went as a pro-life yes. um, person today because I'm a Christian. And um, I was just wondering, like, for when I get into conversations with those people, like, are there certain verses that I can give them, certain things that I can say to just yeah. kind of, like, put abortion down and put pro-life up more, I guess? <laughs> yeah, there are some real key passages in the Bible that, that reflect the the truth that there is life inside of the womb. Um, you know, what you're facing in the, in the age group that you're in right now, what's happening on the high school uh, campuses, and what's really happening around the world today uh, is a diminishing of God, right? None, nobody makes a God argument when they talk about killing a baby in the womb. Nobody's talking about God. Most people deny God. Or even some people will go, you know, I'm a Christian, but I want to believe the way I want to believe. Well, you know, that's a whole different discussion altogether. But for those that would want to have a discussion with you, a passage like Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5 would be really important. Um, the Bible says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you and I appointed you a prophet. Jeremiah was a baby in the womb. I think of Psalm 139, verse 13, where it says, God formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. So I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Um, I think about, I want to say it's in Matthew. Um, you remember that time where John the Baptist leaped in his mother's womb? I'm going to see if I can find it. It's in Luke chapter 1, verse 41. It's uh, verse 44. It says, For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. And so the significance of our position biblically is that there is a life in the womb, and now that life in the womb is to get the same, created in the image of God, is to get the same treatment as you and me who have life outside of the womb. And here's one of the problems you're going to face, and I'm sure you, you already have if you've had these conversations, but Jesse, this is one of the problems that you're going to face. The new argument for abortion is now, I don't care if it's a baby, I don't care if it's life, you can't tell me what to do with my body. Have you heard that yet? Yes, I've heard it so many well, times, and it just makes me think about how selfish that sounds. It is selfish, but it's also illogical. And so it's an illogical statement. And, and another one that I've heard recently is men can't make laws for women and for women's bodies. That's the same woman that when they do have a baby have to sign a waiver at the hospital for the laws that men made to make sure that they could have their baby in a hospital. Like you're dealing with illogical, unwilling, hard-hearted thinkers so that you – I don't want you to get frustrated because you will when you have sound arguments – and they just dismiss them because they're not living in the land of logic. They're not living in the land of reality. And so any kind of conversation, just remember this, as frustrating as it is, you're planting seeds and you're watering. You probably won't convince them in that, in that, you know, on the, on the high school 
um, campus. I, I do think you should speak up. That's God's conviction. I do think you should have good reasons. If you email me, I'll send you an article. I'll help you. I just read a couple articles, one from Answers in Genesis and another one on gotquestions.org um, that I can send to you so that you can be ready for that. I don't want you to stop speaking, but I also want you to understand what you're what you're getting into. And, and the best way to describe it is if you were trying to describe the color blue to a blind person, how would you do that? Um. <laughs> It'd Wait. be hard, huh? It'd be challenging. Yeah. You'd say, uh, you know, the sky today is so blue. Uh, it's so beautiful today. And the blind person says, what's blue? Well, well you know, the color, you know, the, the color, like my pants. What do you mean? I can't see your pants. Well, you know, like blue, like um, and all of the way that we're used to talking doesn't work. So we have to be patient. We have to maybe develop new ways of communicating because we wouldn't be frustrated with the blind person because they can't see. And many of the people you're dealing with on the campus, they can't see. They're blind. And so I commend you, Jesse, for for standing for what's right and what's true. And I want to equip you. So email me and I'll send you some things so you can be ready to do that. Father, I pray for Jesse as we come to the end of the program, establish her and strengthen her and comfort her heart, God. Multiply. She is She's speaking up, but, but she is one among thousands that speak up. And so raise them up, Lord, an army of men and women with love and compassion to combat some of the things happening in our culture that they might stand for life in the womb. In Jesus' name. Amen. Email me, ed at edtaylor.org. God bless you guys. Have a great night. Show is over. Have a great weekend in the Lord. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.